¡Ale! ¡Sí, señor! Bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP Podcast. All right, Primo Hector, we're in the house. We are in vivo. We're puro en vivo. <laughs> Live and direct. Oh, yeah. Estamos aquí. Estamos aquí a sus órdenes. Everybody, uh, Ricky is going to be joining us in a minute. He got a last-minute visit from some friends. So mm -hmm. we're going to be we're going to get him on as soon as possible. But uh, right now, it's uh, Primo Hector. Where, where are they going to find you, Primo? At what the heck? It's right here on the screen. Who is it right? Muy bien. Muy bien. <laughs> muy bien. Está, you know, this is the bajo edition of our two-part series the uh arriba. last week was, last week was arriba this week is abajo and overrated so, underrated overrated underrated last week we did the overrated i mean now this week we are doing the underrated and i mean primos it's uh, you know there were a lot of players on the on this list that we're just that i'm just fired up about but first off hey you know what Let, let's uh make sure everybody knows where to find us uh you know hector they already you already said your piece i am at jorge martin 17 uh, on twitter and you can find us at familia ffb on fate on twitter on twitter and instagram and familiaffb.com for original content keep keep up yeah. there but also make sure you're subscribing on youtube so you could see our pretty faces our our our, our sonrisas <laughs> Yes, yes, and you can see our Spanglish, see what we look like in in person, live and in person. So all that good uh, stuff. Puro in vivo, puro in vivo. So, um, heck, so it, this is a big weekend for us. Fourth of July. You know, last year, remember we uh, we talked about Pacoima Fourth of July, and uh, yes, that yes. was that was a lot of fun. That was good times, baby. That man, was good time. memories, man. Wow. Oh, that was good. <laughs> and you know, it's funny. I posted that article on on Fourth of July. Uh, you know, Pacoima Fourth of July, and I couldn't believe how many people uh, found it on Facebook and everything <laughs> like that. And they were just nuts. They were like, "Oh my God, you took us back to you know, yeah, we were kids man. And yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, Red Devil fireworks and Freedom fireworks and classic stuff." Adios mio, adios mio. But that's fun. But you know, for our familia, it's also a big day because it is a, tra a big tradition for our familia fantasy football league, familiology, to pick the order. And yes, not only is order, yeah. not only is the Fourth of July going to be at, at your brother Hector Victor's house, but it's also going to be uh, since he's the commission, mm -hmm. he gets to mm -hmm. choose. He gets to choose. You know, we get to choose the order and. You know, I get a top four pick because I won the uh, consolation bracket or right, whatever right, it was. Right. You know, everybody who didn't yes. make the playoffs. That's so, something, way, you know, it is I, a consolation. <laughs> by the way, heck, you know, primo, cheers, salud. salud. Yeah, salud. I, know you got, I know you got some. Yeah, so uh, I got some bourbon here, some uh, old Forrester. Can't, uh, can't mess with that, man. It's a good oh, stuff. Oh, man. So, heck, where would you want uh, – before, actually, before we get into that um, – I'm gonna. I'm just gonna hype up our beat writer series real quick, because yeah, yeah. earlier earlier today we dropped the episode with Mary Kay Cabot, who was is with the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and mm -hmm. she was phenomenal. Dropped some major knowledge on the Browns and what they're going to be doing this year. Kind of like talking about the runner, the turnaround that they had this year, yeah, from last yeah. year to uh -huh. you know the, uh -huh. with the new coaching staff and the great offensive line. Baker Mayfield really took a step forward. Just so much goodness that that is coming out of there. And I got some fire episodes coming up. 
later this week. Uh, Josh Briscoe from Arrowhead Report and Sports Illustrated is going to be joining us to talk some Chiefs. So great, we're going to be chopping it up about the Chiefs. Yeah, man. <laughs> you can't, can't mess with that, man. Can't mess with that. And also we've got Carmen Vitali, uh, who is uh, special to me because she interned at the Dodgers when I was there. And so she is now a writer for NFL.com, for Buccaneers.com, uh, cool. covering co- covering the Tampa Bay, the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And yes, she's got, the world champion, yes. She's phenomenal. She's got great insight. And I got to tell you, you know, it's been kind of cool to just uh, to highlight uh, minorities. Uh, we, you know, we obviously had the compas on the beat. Uh, covering the Chargers, uh, Gilbert, Gilberto Manzano and Fernando Ramirez had a couple. We've had a couple ladies, so we've got some more people coming up. So I just want to be awesome. able to uh, hype up the pos- you know, all the different people. Uh, again, this has been it, it's it's been a lot of fun. The interviews aren't that long; they're usually around thirty minutes in length. Cool. Yeah. Cool. The people get into it, and they always end up giving us the taco. Their taco favorites. So just <laughs> and have I will to, man, you have to. <laughs> and I will say that, you know, being in Kansas City, uh, Joshua had some really good takes. Uh, and then and also uh, Mary Kay uh, not only had some had some good takes herself, but she also, you know, the other thing, you know, me being a girl dad, I, I like to, you know, I like to talk to women who've made it in a male dominated field. Sure, and sure. I just pointed out, you know, I asked her to just kind of give some advice to young women who are looking to get into a male dominated field. And, uh, and, and she had some wonderful, wonderful words of wisdom to, to, uh, cool. that I'm going to, I'm making great. sure I'm passing on to, Take to, note. The, exactly. to my daughters and For any, sure. and really any other women who are going to be, uh, following us. So, Definitely. um, but so heck right now, you don't know your draft position. No, you know, you've looked at ADP, you know, we've, we've been studying this, this thing for a while. If you had uh, an ideal draft spot, where would you want to end up picking? Is there someone uh, you want to pick? Yeah. Obviously we're one to 12. It's 12 teams. Well, I, I don't know if it's, single I mean, if, if I wasn't going to pick number one, I, I, or, or I mean, is this overall as far as like the entire draft? I've, you know, it, I've, it's a great question. I, and generally I like being right in the middle, man, like seven, like seven, eight, you know, it's cause I, I like, you know, I like, you know, you have the, you know, the, the first half comes through then you have a pick right there. Then you have, you know, the snake comes around. It's like it, when the snake goes around, you have like an equal number of picks, you know, coming around the snake. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it, it puts you in a good position. And that's what I have found. You know, I, I, I'm usually really comfortable whenever I have a draft pick around. I think I've had seven more times than I've had any other pick. And usually when I'm when I'm there, um, there's there's usually some 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 really good stuff that, that I haven't really found that to be the case in, in necessarily in other uh, – like another draft spots. I mean, that's just that's just how I've, it's kind of fallen, you know, fallen for me. So yeah, I I would prefer you know overall to, to kind of be in that that sweet spot, like right around the middle. So I I like to be in the you know beginning or end. Mm-hmm. I love you know the back to back picks. I hate yeah. the waiting. I do hate the waiting. Yeah, you know, when, it, when yeah, I, I mean neither. That's why I like to be in the middle because it's it's like some waiting, but it's not like the super crazy waiting, you know. So it's like you you, you don't wait as you wait this kind of like the same amount front end back end. So that's why I kind of like it, you know, like it that way. I will say, yeah, it's it's pretty cool to see that kind of kind of happen for us. Um, I you know I'm picking top four, and I'm looking when I look, think about it, I'm like I want McCaffrey. 
I, I really well, yeah, hope sure. Of course. The guy had a week, you know, a year off and he's all healed up and he's ready to dominate again. So yeah, why you know who who wouldn't want McCaffrey? <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that yeah, because you know what? I've got a little there's a little wor- I've got a little worry, a little uh, you know, uh estoy poquito not quite asustado, but just a little nervioso. Yeah, a little nervioso uh at Dalvin Cook at number two, uh, because he's had two back to back great seasons. And I just uh-huh, I, uh-huh. I worry about, you know, he's had a shoulder issue that could be something that comes back to him. Uh, I, I mean, if I'm at number two, I, I'm, I'm still looking at Derrick Henry, man. I mean, obviously McCaffrey's going first. I mean, I don't even know if I, I you know, Derrick Henry to me is, I, I, I mean, he was the number one running back last year. Like, why wouldn't he be that again? I mean, maybe that's the question to ask. That's the rhetorical, you know, like, why wouldn't that just happen again for this year? Well, yeah, okay, Mich- Christian McCaffrey's coming back. So does that mean Derrick Henry's going to be the number two running back? Because DBs are still terrified to tackle the guy. The guy's still getting yards after after contact like a, like a monster so you know just because dalvin cook is like the the popular pick to go at number two like i i'd you know i still love me some derrick henry at number two and i would take him there all day uh quick fyi it was actually alvin kamara went uh rb1 last year uh because you remember he had that huge six touchdown game on christmas that put him over the top oh, oh no no wait. So Derrick Henry was number one in something. Was it yards? I think maybe. Yeah, he was number one in yards. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, not not, not RB one, not RB one, but just most yards. You know, so obviously that translates to lots of fantasy points as well. But yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I like you know Alvin Kamara. That was just like a freakish game. You know, without that six TD game, he's not RB one. So you you know you kind of like kind of like bell curve. You know what I mean? (laughs) That one you kind of you kind of throw that one out. That's a complete anomaly. So you throw that out technically without that game, or even if he has like a you know three TD game or a two TD game, which is more on on par for Kamara than right. you know Derrick Henry's RB one. So that that's why I say it you know in, in that way is like I, I'm you know if I'm picking number two, I I like Derrick Henry all day after McCaffrey, no no problem. I, I you know I uh, yeah I do like I, especially in our league because we've got the archaic standard scoring that I keep trying right. to get Vic to change but uh, he won't so uh, yeah no, no PPR so yeah you don't have to worry about that but then that and that makes Derrick Henry uh, valuable and he mm-hmm. does uh, I I don't have it off the top of my head but he does have a good closing schedule as usual when as usual Derrick, and when that's guys- when he he just kills it which is when which there's playoffs. He just he blows up, and, and and we'll talk about it a little bit later. You know, as we get into the show here, uh, the Titans' offense is nothing to sneeze at, man. They're gonna they're gonna once again put up some big numbers now with the addition of Mister Jones uh, there. So yeah. Yeah, I, I see big things happening for the Titans' offense, and especially if they're you know going down, you know down down to the wire in games with big leads. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry's just going to chew up the clock and just, just, you know, and again, they still, still not going to want to tackle him at the end of the game, you know, so even more yards for him, I think so. Oh yeah. He went for like, remember week 17 went for like 250 yards because yeah. they wanted to get him to get the 2000 yeah. yards. Yeah, The DBs, the DBs are already making tea times, man. They're, you know, they're, and those, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they don't want to, they don't want to tackle Derrick Henry and get injured. And you know, they're, they're, they want to go play golf. No, not <laughs> late at all. In the se- late in the season, man. Like, so, you know, they're, they're those teams that aren't going anywhere, it's just like, you know, let them go. Just let him score. <laughs> well, well, since we're talking about since we're talking about the uh, Titans, let's talk some cheese man. So AJ Brown still recovering from his offseason knee surgery on both knees, uh, but he's not worried. As he right. said, he's being impatient. 
he's not getting impatient, but he's getting excited for the season. He didn't participate in minicamp, but uh, it, you're looking at, I mean, it, it's kind of like last season where he never practiced on Wednesday and, a lot, and sometimes he didn't, pre- you know, he only did walk through on, on Thursday. Uh, mm-hmm. But you look at him and you, you just think, I, I don't know. I, I just get the feeling that he's going to be fine once the season roll, once training yeah. camp rolls around, and he's going to be sure. there. I mean, they were. It wasn't major surgery, right? I mean, obviously, if he's having you know double you know procedures on both of his knees, it says what like cleaning out some scar tissue or yeah, you know, what, what's, cleaning what's, what's, out. Yeah, yeah, probably cleaning out, clean, you know, just a little cleanup, you know, a little tune up mm-hmm. for him. And, right, exactly. and to think that to think that he had such a special season, eleven touchdowns, thousand seventy five yards uh, receiving. You know, he missed a couple of games and part of a th- and and the majority of a third game, and he did that, all that. I. I th- I'm I'm pumped for him. I think it's going to be a bit even with the Julio Jones edition. I'm still really excited about AJ Brown. Just mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. much excited. Yeah. Uh, yep. Go. You know, going up a little north uh, to Ohio, uh, the athletics. Paul Diener he pointed out that uh, he's got the bl- the belief that that Joe Mixon's going to have the largest workload ever of his career. Uh, wow. He thinks that he's going to get like 15 to 20 extra receptions this season uh, because of the fact that Giovanni Bernard is gone. And mm-hmm. you know, you, you sit there and like, yeah, they didn't really add anybody anybody of significance uh and and joe mixon has the talent and he's definitely uh i think i i, I still wonder if people who were tra- who were drafting him last year are uh and got burned obviously uh-huh. if they're yes. just driving down his adp right now that that to me is what uh has me has me thinking about that because right now I'm looking, I'm looking up his ADP right now. He is, uh, where is he? Uh, pick number 19. He's the two Oh seven, um, which in the second round, I mean, that's pretty good. He's, he's sandwiched in between for, as far as running backs are concerned between cam Akers, uh, uh, Antonio Gibson above him and, and Clyde Edwards Elide below him. Elide, uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I just look at him. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not too. I, I was down on him earlier, and now I'm starting to get a little bit more hyped about him. Okay. I mean, How about you? I, I, is there a reason to believe though that with Joe Burrow coming back, you know that, that they're still not going to be this pass-heavy offense? I mean, they got Jamar Chase, they got T. Higgins there. I mean, why wouldn't? Because I mean, Joe Burrow he slung the ball around, and that you know, to your point earlier. You know, guys that drafted Joe Mixon got got burned. You know, because Cincinnati was such a pass first offense, and, and you know, Joe Burrow would would you know would would run would run as well. So, uh, is there any reason to believe if just because a guy says you know yeah, even though he's you know he's he has the inside track um, that Joe Mixon is going to get you know this extra workload? You know, Giovanni Bernard is gone, etc. Why is there any reason that we should think that? Just because Giovanni Bernard is gone, and it lends itself to you know, we would think theoretically that because of that, there's a higher workload for Joe Mixon. But does that mean that why would Cincinnati change their offensive philosophy if they're if they've been pass heavy, you know, and and Joe Mixon didn't perform all that well last year, and they didn't really run that much last year? Why would that just all of a sudden change this year? It doesn't seem like it would, especially adding Jamar Chase in the mix. We're one of Joe Burrow's best buddies, you know. 
Well, I think I think they're still going to run the ball a lot. I mean, I think they're yeah. still going to throw the ball a lot. Yeah, uh, and they're going to be a primarily pass heavy. They're going to be a very pass heavy team. Sure. Uh, I do think I, I do think it's just it's the sheer numbers and opportunity, and I think just the fact that when it comes to you know total workload, uh, Joe Mixon's going to be the be- their best guy, and they're just going to have a tough time giving the ball to somebody else unless he needs a breather. So uh, you know. Just because of the fact that I look at this and I just think, you know what? He's still young enough. Uh, he might be, he might have a good season in him, uh, mm. especially because it's, and it's mostly because of the receiving. And that, that to me is the big thing. So mm. that's what's got me a little pumped up about him. Okay. It's starting to get pumped up about him. So, yeah. So, uh, staying with the athletic, Joe Bascaglia, uh, you know, said that Zach Moss could take over the backfield. You know, and and it's up to him. You know, obviously it's second second year player. Uh, Ricky loves to give me crap about uh, about year two. You know, my love for year two players, but that is when they <laughs> have the big the big jump. You know, I, I look at it. I mean, I was not impressed with him last year. Where I don't know where, where did you feel? Where where were you on Zach Moss? I had him on my team, I, and I remember. Yeah. I believe I uh, I think I dropped him late in the season. So. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I just remember not being not being that impressed with Zach Moss. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I mean, if if uh, Joe Buscaglia is saying that he's you know in position to take over the backfield, you know, that, I guess that's saying something. But I I just remember uh, you know that, that he gave me a couple goose eggs that was there's some really you know I had faith in him to to put up some numbers for me, and he just you know crapped the bed. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna have to do a little bit of research on that and take a deep dive there but he yeah you know recency bias right he was on my team and he kind of burned me a little bit so i don't know i think the fact that there's going to be training and not not just a a normal training camp but there's also going to be preseason games i think we'll we'll get an idea by how much he and devin singletary get used Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and and you know and if we actually get to see the both of them play in the games are they gonna are they gonna see some carries and Mm -hmm, what do those mm -hmm. carries look like what is it what is their you know do they have explosiveness so uh i'm I'm gonna really keep an eye on this because you know he's going later he's going ninth or tenth round right now in 12 team formats so i look at him and i'm just like Mm, I, you know, he might be kind of like that guy, you know, that fourth or fifth running back that you get when you're in 16 rounds, uh, just uh, that you want to. No, sure. I mean, nice numbers. And you're like, whoa, you know, but yeah, he'll be a late pick for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, our, our last bit, uh, uh, Mike Reese, the reporter for ESPN in New England, uh, said he sees that uh, Damien Harris is going to be the Patriots number one running back. Um, calling it pretty decisive. Uh, you know, he, he did, he did dominate the carries, uh, most of the season last year from weeks four to four to 13, uh, when he was healthy, I do still like Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, I don't know about Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle seems to be fading away. Some of the, some of the, which is weird because Sony Michelle came in with a lot of hype, It's mutual. you know, and, and, and and right. And to just, to just fade, uh, you know, in a Belichick offense is just, it just doesn't really make sense. It almost seems like there's like something wrong with him, like an injury that maybe we don't know about, which Belichick is famous for hiding injuries, right? So yeah, who knows? You know, who knows? Sonny Michelle, I would have thought that by now he would have blown up and it, it just hasn't happened. It just it's just really weird because in college he was pretty dominant, pretty strong, really, really, really good running back in college. And it, it should have translated to some degree 
in the pros, but we just haven't seen it yet. So I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. I'm fired up. I, uh, I, I do like, uh, I, I do think that they're going to be a run heavy team. And I think Harris is going to be a guy that, that gets, he's going to be kind of like that middle round guy, kind of, you know, fifth, sixth round that, that maybe could surprise. Uh, mm. but again, you know, the other thing is trying to predict, uh, Belichick doing what, you That's know, the thing. Is, I think most people would probably stay away from any, you know, <laughs> any other running backs on the Patriots, you know, regardless of what anybody says, even Mike Reese from ESPN. Cause it's, I mean, that, uh, you know, drop of a hat, Pelichick can just completely change his philosophy, you know, and, and he's been known for that. You know, one, one oh, week, yeah. you know, one weekend it's, you know, Sony Michelle, then it's Damien Harris, then it's like, you know, wait, wait, who, like, you know, Burkhead, Woodhead, Burkhead, and what was it, Josiah Gray? Uh, yeah, no, Jonah, Jonah Gray, Jonah Gray, yes. uh, like he scores four touchdowns, and like the next week he's late to he practice and he's, yeah, he's benched. Yeah. I right. So it's just like you. So it, I think most, you know, most serious fantasy players are pretty, pretty terrified of any, you know, really sticking their neck out to go high on, on any Patriots running back. So I think, you know, I think Patriots running backs generally fall pretty late because of that. So, I mean, if you get him at a value pick, you know, maybe, but it's, it's still there's no guarantees that any Patriots running back that you pick is actually going to get any, you know, any any good run. So. Yeah, it's it's hard. I, th- I think this yeah. is. I think that's going to be a tough offense because also you've got the two tight ends that are you know with Hunter Henry and and uh, Johnny Smith. Who oh, are yeah. they going? Are they going to cannibalize each other? Uh, and is but Belichick Anderson- loves that. Belichick yeah. loves the two the two TE sets. So that's all day. Listen, you and I both know he <laughs> could give two craps about your fantasy team or my fantasy. Yeah, less than that. Not that. Not that. <laughs> Less than that, man. Nah, that hey, he yeah. doesn't give. He doesn't give a caca for it. Yeah, so, he doesn't. Uh, he probably doesn't even. Yeah, the word the word fantasy football that that term doesn't resonate with Bill Belichick nope, at all. He, he don't care. care. He goes like he goes like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah zero. Yeah, that's no settle six, six six rings. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and a couple with the New York Giants. So uh, yeah. So hey, well, let's get into our main event. Uh, Main event, ding ding ding. Los underrated. Uh, you know, last week we talked. So we talked about the underrated, the overrated, and overhyped players last week, and you know it was it was very interesting. So this week we're going al otro lado, uh, the underrated players. You know, yeah, we looked at where players are going ADP and why they're waiting so long. And Hector, you were the first one to throw a player out, so lead us off. Lead us off with. uh, uh, it seems like we're talking about this team a lot today. Yes, my my pick for the most underrated for whatever reason, Ryan Tannehill, Tennessee Titans. Um, I, 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 I he, so currently he's going QB fourteen, which is what uh, ninth round nine oh nine. What? Um, he's going after. Don't ask me why. He's going after Tom Brady. He's going after Joe Burrow. He's going after Matt Stafford. Um, and he's got, you know, he just picked up Julio Jones. So he's, and he's got, still got Derrick Henry who, who, I mean, from what I saw last year, it just seems what the data is showing is that Derrick Henry is becoming a little bit more and more ingrained into the pass attack here and there. I mean, it's obviously not anything super significant, but the guy's going to catch some passes. And anytime Derrick Henry has the ball, 
you know, he's like a, you know, he's like a bowling ball, you know, so you can just watch out. So, you know, even if Tannehill throws a little a couple of dink and ducks to, to Derrick Henry, that guy's going to go for yards after the catch for sure. You know, you got AJ Brown. Yes. He had a couple of knee procedures. You know, I don't think anyone has any big issue there as far as, you know, impact to what he's going to do this year. He's, you know, he's a, he's a beast and one more year under his belt of experience, you know, one more year of rapport with, Ryan Tannehill, and that, that just only only bodes well for the for the Titans offense and, and Ryan Tannehill. You know, uh, Julio Jones being added to the mix is just, you know, what can you say? It's just one more veteran. A.J. Brown's going to learn from him. Julio Jones is still there, going to be catching passes, catching touchdowns. Uh, and, and, you know, so I, I can't understand going QB 14. I mean, in a 12-team this means that Ryan Tannehill is your second quarterback, which to me, that's that, that's crazy. I mean, I, I would have no problem at all. I don't, I don't think most people have any problem at all with, with Tannehill as a starting QB on most fantasy teams. So I, I, I don't I don't get that. So underrated there. He's still playing four games against the Jags defense, against the Texans defense. And he he, he, he did some, some big things, against, especially against Texans last year. He There were two games he had. Uh, four TD games. And it, just as I mentioned, he had four TDs against Jacksonville and four TDs against the Texans. Um, so that, that's that's you know, not too many QBs do that. Tannehill did that twice. So, I mean, he, he has the skills to do it. He also can run. He's going to give you some rushing yards there. You know, he ran for 266 yards, scored seven rushing TDs. And, and then, of course, his 33 passing TDs, only seven picks, which is great. Uh, you know, it's a nice little ratio yeah. there. 65%, you know, pass completion percentage. Uh, I, I, so, I, yeah, again, I don't I don't get uh, the underration, if that's a word. <laughs> uh, we, can, we, can invent, we can invent that. Uh, and then, you know, he was QB2, weeks 5 to 17. Only Deshaun Watson was better than Ryan Tannehill. That's 5 to 17. That's a lot of weeks, you know. So, you know, that, that says a lot. That says a lot about him. It says a lot about A.J. Brown. It says a lot about... You know, Derrick Henry as well, you know, it being a little bit more active in the passing game. So, uh, you know, keep your eyes on Ryan Tannehill. If he's in your league and if people are poo-pooing Ryan Tannehill, you know, you might be able to get a, a nice value pick there. If you if you, if you you wait just right, you know, people – if he's going ninth round ADP, you can pick him up seven or eight and uh, you'll be fine. You know, I look at, I, I look at him and um... – I, I just I don't, I don't get why he's waiting so long. Uh, you know, he was the QB two from weeks five to seventeen last year, and and you know he had a big yeah. you know big week four to seventeen, even with Derrick Henry having a big week, running for two hundred fifty yards. So, yeah, uh, I, I just I, I you know he's he's a guy who's going to blow up against bad defenses. Uh, and and again, he added two guys. So I I just you know say you know say I, I yeah, can't. and the fact that the fact that I mean. ADP wise, Ryan Tannehill is one pick before Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> what? I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, you know, you know, you know, being you know playing fantasy football for this amount of time, I, I don't, I don't get that at all. You know, Ryan Tannehill is proven. You know, he's he he. We know what he can do on the NFL field with the big boys. You know, and to and to be going on on average one pick only before Trevor Lawrence to me is just mind boggling. So yeah, I, I don't get it. And and another like guy that, that 
another guy who is uh kind of kind of low on the boards and you know i put him on here maybe it's because we just talked to mary k i just talked to mary k cabot and she uh you know she had some good things to say about baker mayfield his, mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. jump he you know he's not going to run the ball a lot not you know he only had you know he did have 54 rush attempts but it was only for 165 yards i had one touchdown uh mm-hmm. but he really improved as the week went on you know pro football focus ranked him as the number two quarterback in court in qb rating from week seven to the end of the season through the playoffs wow so why you is know, he going in round tw- round 12 um <laughs> just because he's not a, I, th- I think it's because he's not a, a running quarterback but mm. uh but i'm thinking that you know, on two QB leagues, I, this is a guy I want. He's not throwing. He's not throwing many interceptions. You know, he only threw eight interceptions last year and almost 500 attempts. You know, his 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 throwing his uh, completion percentage was 62. percent I think that's going to go up at, because there there's more familiarity with the offense. That's the big thing: the familiarity with the offense. I mean, he he was good. Late, in, you know, when he was QB 10 from week 11 to 17. I mean, his uh, completion percentage was pushing 65. percent He threw for almost 2,000 yards in uh, six games. And, you know, he threw for 11 touchdowns, had some, I mean, that's where he had two 300 yard gains. I mean, and he was just, he was, he was really good. And Mm -hmm. I I look at him as someone that uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm great. I want him uh, because I look at the, I look at the options around him. He gets Odell Beckham Jr. back. And mm-hmm. again, Mary Kay, she debunked that whole theory that uh, that the Browns were better without OBJ. No, eso no es cierto. He, <laughs> w- you know, they they got better because they got more experience because they hadn't practiced a lot together, and it just so happened that he wasn't he wasn't available during that time. This is going to be different. He's uh, he's going to get integrated. He's he's going to be he's going to be back. I think he's going to be you know with, with I think he's going to be underrated. Good. Jarvis Landry's healthy, going to be healthy from the start of the season. So you know you look at that. You look at the number one offensive line. I mean this is a, yeah. I, I and I'm looking. Yeah. At why is he going behind Trevor Lawrence? Why is he going behind Kirk Cousins? Deshaun Watson, who we don't know how many games Deshaun Watson is going to play this season, if any. And he's going behind Matt Ryan. So, vamos a ver. Vamos yeah. A ver. I mean, anytime you have a, a top-rated offensive line, that automatically has to give your QB at least a couple of spots up, you know, up on the ADP, right? I mean, you know, that that that, that automatically, if he's back there with time, you know, and, and we've seen Baker Mayfield, we know what the guy can do. You know, we we know, you know last year he proved me wrong. I was, you know, I was a little down on him going into the season last season, but he definitely proved me wrong. He he can definitely. You know he he can do some things back there. So if he's at the, the top rated offensive line, you know I I, uh, I think things are definitely looking up for Baker Mayfield. So uh, yeah, to be in that ADP, he's definitely underrated. And you know what? I think he's also suffering from the fact that he was picked in the same draft as Josh Allen and and Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. So that kind of that I think that hurts him. I think that, that I, I think you know he hasn't had an MVP season like Lamar Jackson. He hasn't had an extraordinary breakout like Josh Allen. So uh, yeah. I mean, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is breakout year. Yeah, vamos a ver, vamos a ver. Yeah. Again, second year in a, in his in the Kevin Stefanski offense. 
It could be it could be the breakout. It could be the yeah. breakout that I mean, it was a huge. I mean, last year was a huge improvement from the year before. So if he could do that again and build on that, that could be huge. Okay. So so Ricky, uh, you know, we're still waiting for him. So uh, <laughs> yeah, he's obviously Where on Latino. You, Rick? He's obviously on Mexican time, but uh, heck, why don't you? Why don't we'll we'll skip over this guy and why don't you jump into the next guy on the list? Chase Claypool. Hey, I don't know. Well, I, I I understand that there was a lot of folks that were down on Ben Roethlisberger that you know they were hating on him. He's you know he's 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 washed up. He's done. But then we saw you know some some nice flashes of greatness last year I mean, with Chase Claypool especially. He's my underrated next pick. Uh, currently going in the seventh round, seven oh two wide thirty. Let's just let's just see who, who some of these guys are around him, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. So Chase Claypool is at seven oh two. Devontae Smith is the next receiver at seven oh four, and he's a rookie. Um, yeah, come on, man, well, come on. What? That, that, that's almost, that's, what? that's almost insulting. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't get that at all. So Chase Claypool. I mean, the, the the guy. What was the, the game last year? He had was it three or four touchdowns last year? Was it, was, was it four? Cuatro. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, who who? How does that happen? Especially in an offense, you have Deontay Johnson, you had Juju there, uh, and you know Chase Claypool was just able to get open when Big Ben needed him. You know, he he was able to, to and he's a big body. The guy is built. You know, he's not this, you know, this little speedster, you know, Darren Sproles kind of guy. Chase Claypool is a big body and he's quick and he's able to get open. And and, and Big Ben obviously loves him. Anytime you throw four TDs to one guy, you know, in a game, that's saying something, saying something pretty significant. Like, okay, okay, the rest of you guys, like, you guys can get open too. Like, this guy was the only guy that was open right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and then there was Deontay with some, he had some dropping issues, some butterfinger issues last year. So, I mean, Chase Claypool, he could definitely rise to the top, you know, this year. I mean, after what he did last year, there's no reason to think. I mean, yeah, he'll be fighting with Deontay. Deontay's a speedster, you know, uh, but if he continues to have some of those drop season issues that he did last year, Chase Claypool will definitely take a big jump up. Uh, last year, 109 targets, 873 yards. But, again, he was, you know, new to the game. You know, he's just kind of learning and understanding the, the Pittsburgh offense. But, again, just blew out with four TDs in the game. You know, it's, you know, 6'4". He's, you know, he's he's scored at least 10 TDs as a rookie. I mean, come on. Chase Claypool, man, he had 11 TDs last year. I mean, two rushing, nine receiving. Uh, the, the fact that he's going, you know, like I said, he's going right there with um, – who did I say? Where's he at? He's with – Devontae Smith. Devontae, Smith. yes. Devontae. Be He's behind Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and DJ Chark. Yeah, and and to yeah, me, I, I'm like I, I'm like I'll take him. I'll take him. I'll take him on. ahead of all of those yes. guys. Yes, yeah. If he's falling that far, yeah. Wide receiver thirty, Chase Claypool. You know, Big Ben. I, I still have confidence in him. You know, he started out slow last year, kind of got out of the box, out of the gate. You know, you know, with a little bit of mud on his shoes. You know, so but you know, he 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 picked it up, and I, I think uh, I think he'll have another good year this year. I think and Claypool is underrated. And, and it was pretty. It was very 
interesting. And oh, the other thing is he was wide receiver 23 last year, and they basically stopped throwing to him from weeks 12 to 16, where <laughs> Mike Mike Tomlin, coach Mike Tomlin was trying to guard against the rookie wall. So uh when he wasn't saying that he was he was tired or anything like that, and then in week 17, he, he went off for hundred yards. And then he was good in the play in that playoff game against the Browns when you know everybody when they were chasing a hundred points, it seemed like. But to me, the big thing, you know, uh I found this tweet uh, from at Guru Fantasy World uh, where there are only three wide receivers in the history of the NFL who measured six, at least 6'4 and scored 10-plus TDs as a rookie. Randy Moss, who you mentioned, Mike mm-hmm. Evans, and Chase Claypool. So, that's, I pretty, mean, that's uh, pretty good company there. <laughs> really good company. Hall of, Hall really, of Famer Randy Moss. Yeah, and Mike Evans, and Mike could, Evans could be on, destined uh, on his way there on, as well. Possibly. Could be on that trajectory. I look at him. He's he's got power. He's got aggressiveness. He's got he's got top notch speed. I mean his his I think his forty time was four point three three, and it really translated on the field. So that to me is really special. I think this guy is special. I think this is DK Metcalf two I'm looking yeah, at. That's, that's uh, I'm, fair. In 17 games, I'm looking at like 125 targets for this guy, and then we could we could see a wonderful season for him. So uh, next guy is kind of interesting because he was the RB10 last year, Kareem Hunt, and uh, he's going off as the RB23 right now in the fourth round, 4.07. He's the RB10 last year with you know we we had 841 yards rushing and he had another 304 so he had over 1100 all-purpose yards and 13 touchdowns so i'm sorry 11 touchdowns six mm-hmm. rushing five receiving yeah. I, and i look at this what has changed about his situation it's still nick chubb in the on uh, you know on yeah. sharing they're still sharing the ball they're both going to get – I mean, obviously, Chubb missed uh, a few games last year. I think it was three or four games last year. And Kareem Hunt played uh, – you know, was kind of like the lead caballo during that point. Didn't really have dominant games during that point. But still, he – you know, he dominated the carries. But I, I just look at look at the fact – to me, the big statistic with him, uh, because it is a couple of big ones, receptions, 38 receptions, that's huge. Uh, but I also, the big, to me, one of the big things was even with Nick Chubb there, who is one of the best all, you know, the best all around runners, running backs in the NFL, Kareem Hunt still got 42 red zone carries. So he didn't get all those in four weeks and he got seven touchdowns out of those. Uh, I I just look at it look at him. He's going behind James Robinson, Miles Sanders, Chris Carson, JK Dobbins, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift. I, I, I mean, he's a guy. If I'm going, that's a, a head scratcher to go behind yeah. Dobbins and Swift. And a, I think most people maybe don't even realize that he was RB ten last year. I think that's just maybe they're not even doing their homework to understand that. Because any, you know, if you would have just said, "All right, the guy that was RB ten last year, where are you going to take him?" Oh man, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, are you going to take him before Dobbins? I'm like, well, heck yeah. Are you going to take the RB ten of last year before Swift? Yeah, heck yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just seems like people aren't don't realize or understand that Kareem Hunt was the RB10 last year. Because to your point, what's changed? You know, he's still, he's, you know, Chubb is still the lead Kawaii and Kareem Hunt is still there doing what Kareem Hunt does. There's no reason to think that he can't be RB10 again. There's not, you know what I mean? Like, so why would he be going behind all these guys like Dobbins and Swift? It, it, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. 
I, I, I don't get it either. Um, I, I look at him. I think he's going to be a wonderful pick for this year. Uh, I think he's still going to get plenty of targets. Uh, I, I just, I th- everything's just, everything is there for him to have another really good season. Again, the number one offensive line, according to pro football focus, this guy yeah. is a baller. And I look at, I, I just, I, he's a guy where if early on, uh, you know, the, everybody's every everybody try. So many people try to hammer a running back, running back right off the bat. I if I'm picking the latter latter part of the first round, I you know I'm maybe looking at grabbing a Travis Kelsey or a uh, Devontae Adams or a Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, one of those guys coming back with a running back and saying, you know what, if if Kareem Hunt's going to be there in the fourth round, I'll take him. And I'll be, I'll be very happy, especially in a PPR format. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, do you want me to take this next one or you want to go, go with for it? Yeah. Go, go, take it. I'll, I'll, add, I'll add color. Cause I'm, I'm yeah. Cause well, you know, cause we're Brown. <laughs> I'll add, I'll add one. Well, cause I've been, you know, I've been in the sun a little more than you probably. So a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> so this is a guy I'm really fired up about David Montgomery. Uh, he was the RB four last year, 1,070 yards rushing. Uh, he had 60, 50, 68 targets, 54 receptions. He had 438 receiving yards. He had a total of 10 touchdowns. He was phenomenal at the end of the season. Uh, and you know, he, you know, from our, he was the RB two from weeks 11 to 17 with wow. five. Yeah. With he had eight total touchdowns. He had 598 rushing yards, 226 receiving yards. I mean, he, it was a cupcake schedule. I mean, we all talked about it. We all looked at it and we were like, Oh my Dios mio, this is going to be good for him. This is yes. be good for him. Yes. But you know what? You still got to do it. You still yeah, got to play. You still got to play. Yeah, for sure. And, and I look at him and I look at the guy who was playing at the end of the season. He looked like a completely different running back from the guy who was a little tentative in 2019 didn't start the year all the way, all too hot. Obviously, he was battling a, a groin injury to start the season. But mm-hmm. I, I just I look at him. There, there's so much to like. I think I, I think people are jumping off the bandwagon uh, because of the fact that Tariq Cohen is coming back, but he's coming back from ACL surgery. So no guarantees. Is, there's no guarantees at all that Tariq Cohen. You know, and, and and I think we've talked about it before, right? You know, coming back from. Uh, uh, an injury like that usually takes, you know, maybe up to a full season to actually really get back, you know, to, to, to where you, you were before. So is there really a reason to believe that a guy like David Montgomery, who you said was RB two for all those weeks who ended the season at RB four, why would he not just keep the lead role? You know, especially if Tariq Cohen's is coming back from an, a, a horrific injury, like a torn ACL, why wouldn't he just, you know, you know, like you say, if, if Montgomery was timid, you know, in 2019, why not build on his confidence? Then so, you know what you you know you you are the man last year. We're gonna we're gonna you know you're still gonna be the guy. Just keep it moving, and then you know put in Tariq Cohen as necessary. You know plug and play, and then if Tariq Cohen has some blow up games, now you have a reason to tell David Montgomery like, hey man, this guy's not performing you. Like it is what it is. As opposed to just saying, hey David, thanks for what you did for us, but you know Tariq Cohen's back from his injury now. Now he's in number one again, and now you know you know yes, David Montgomery's a grown guy, but. You know, that, that does that can impact your confidence, you know, especially like you said, he's timid coming in. And, you know, if you, you just roll with it, if he's conf- if his confidence is up, he was RB4, you roll with that, you know, just keep it going. And, you know, he's 24, that prime age. 
He was number four in rush attempts last year. Uh, you know, he was to me a big thing was he was number five in yards after contact, 590 yards. He was number three in broken tackles. That's huge. I, I just look, I just looked at the guy who was running at the end of the season. He was running with confidence. He was running with power. He was running with decisiveness. I mean, yeah. I just really liked. He was number he was number seven in red zone carries with four forty seven, and got eight touchdowns on those carries. So he's hitting pay dirt. Yeah. I'm looking at this guy. You know, maybe he started off slowly because he had that groin injury in training camp last year. Sure. I mean, He's going behind Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, who I do like this year, but I think I still like David Montgomery more. He's got, yeah, and, Jacobs has to show us something. We need to see yeah. something from Josh Jacobs before I'm taking him over David Montgomery. Because what did Josh Jacobs end the season at? So if David Montgomery ends at RB, you know, RB4, what, where, you know, what, where, does, where is Josh Jacobs at? He ended, you know, he's way down the list, right? Yeah, Jacobs was like number, he, where, where was he? He was number eight last year. Okay. So, yeah, so, I mean, so, so to, for for Jacobs to be going ahead of him, still, I mean, yeah, like, d- d- RB twenty one, RB twenty one. That's what that's what we're talking about with David Montgomery. That's crazy. You don't know that's crazy. I, that that to me is way too late. Third round, that's wild. That's wild. He's wild another guy. He's another guy that I look at and is just kind of like he's he's just too you know he he's a lot better than what what he's getting drafted. Yeah, and again, he's he's another guy that I think of. You know, they're talking. There's so much talk in the fantasy industry right now that there's the running back dead zone, which starts like the third round. You want to have your running backs by that point. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not scared about David Montgomery. Uh, I, you know, I'm not scared about Kareem Hunt. I, I, I'm, I, you know, I, these guys are muy vivo for me. So I'm good on those. Agree. Well, we got one more guy to talk about, and uh, this was Ricky's pick, uh, Will Fuller. <laughs> where are you, Rick? <laughs> yeah, Rick, the, the necesitamos. Well, we're going to, we're going to take this one. Yeah. Uh, he, he's going off as the wide receiver 36, the eighth round, 804. And I, I look at him. He was, yes, he was suspended last year. He was suspended after his, he had a huge Thanksgiving game. He had, he caught six to seven targets for 171 yards and two touchdowns. Two TDs, yes. He was phenomenal, uh, but he was suspended for PEDs. Uh, you know, he had, he'd had, at that point, he'd had a great season, 879 mm-hmm. receiving yards, 53 receptions, eight touchdowns. He did not miss any time. He did, you know, he did have one bad game where he had a donut, but which makes the, him doing this. But you look at him, and he's going to Miami. He's still and, Will Fuller. <laughs> he's still Will Fuller. We'll see. Yeah, and he's still Will Fuller. He's still, a, you know, a downfield threat. And Tua thrived on throwing downfield when he was at Alabama. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and they talked so much about him needing weapons that's why they drafted jalen waddle where they did that's why they signed will fuller to the one-year deal and i like that one-year deal i like that one-year deal a lot because it gives it it gives will fuller incentive to go out and earn that next contract and yeah trying to do that so you you put that out there and um to me, you know, I, we talk about our, our compadre, uh, Dr. Edwin Porras, so much. You know, he and uh, he was on a po- he his podcast this week. He talked with uh, Dr. Matthew Betts. They talked about the fact that there's no evidence that PEDs help soft tissue injuries, which is what he had before. Uh, he did a lot of pliability work, a lot of stretching, a lot of flexibility, and that 
that had to have been you know he 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 changed so much about what he was doing doing for him you know doing how he trained and uh i just look at this as i don't know if he's going to be the wide receiver eight but my goodness wide receiver 36 36 that's just crazy i mean who did Tua have that was anywhere near will fuller in the in the past Not right? right and exactly and that's to your point is like is like Tua knows how to throw the deep ball. Tua knows how to get the ball to guys like Will Fuller. You know, he, he's he's shown that, you know, and, and we know that Tua can do that. We, we've seen him do that. So now that he has a guy that can do that, you know, Will Fuller was, was catching bombs all day from Deshaun Watson. You know, we've seen that plenty mm-hmm. of times. So now, now, you know, you just plug and play, you plug and play Tua in there, and you got to be salivating at the idea of, you know, that connection between Tua and Will Fuller. To your point again, it's a one-year contract, so Will Fuller is going to be working his tail off to, to make that money. So he's really going to show out you know, and, and do everything he can to get those balls and make those catches and score those touchdowns, uh, get that money. And, and there's no reason to think that he couldn't do it because you know, he's, he's going to be the, the lead guy. He's going to be the most experienced receiver you know, with the most talent right? You know, going into next season. So why wouldn't he be the number one you know, that, that Tua is looking for? You know, hit him. Tua's going to go for it. He's definitely going to take those shots to Will Fuller. And if he catches any of those balls – there's going to be scores there. There's going to be yards there. Wolf is going to be putting up points. So wide receiver 36, eighth round, that's just crazy. And, you know, I think people are talking about the fact that he's going to be uh, missing a game. So maybe that's driving down his, his draft position. But fine. One game. One game. That's one game. No, come on. That's so nothing. If you, if you could tell me that you could get last year's wide receiver eight, uh, for for the first tw- eleven games for through eleven games last season through twelve weeks, and I I'll take that all day. Didn't Justin I'll Herbert miss one game last year? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you know, and he, he still he, finished like the quarterback, you know, eight or something like awesome. that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Put up a monster year, right? Broke records and stuff. So yeah, missing one game doesn't really mean anything from the, the from a fantasy standpoint. No, so you monster numbers. It's not there. There's so many great re- receivers out there. You just take you, you you just the guy who would have been your your you know third or fourth receiver. You end up gra- you know end up putting him in for the week. So, right, right. but I, I you know I I I do like the weapons in Miami. You got you know we talked about Waddle. They got Devonte Parker one more time, who was mm-hmm. banged up uh, throughout the time that that Tua was out there. Mike Kosicki who suffered an injury late in the season. So uh, I, I really, I I'm excited about Tua from a football standpoint. And I think he's going to make these guys fantasy relevant. For uh, sure. I, I don't know how much he's going to run next year. And I don't know if that's going to make him uh, make him uh, you know, more ma- more valuable. I, again, he's a guy I like in two quarterback formats, but I think he's yes. going to, I think he's going to, these guys are going to eat. These yes. guys are going to eat. Yes. All oh, man. Well, primo, you know, speaking of eating, I think it's I think it's dinner time over <laughs> here. Time to go get some, some tortillas and some carne asada. Where we going oh, to go? <laughs> baby, that looks good. That sounds good. It's uh, some curry over here, so we got you know hey, we're hey, that works. Uh, Mexican curry. So almost vamonos. So uh, <laughs> everybody, uh, Ricky, we miss you again. So uh, you know we'll get you next week. But uh, primo, eso es todo for our show. For our show. Yeah, thanks again to Anchor for being our hosting network and making sure our independent podcast gets out to the familia community. Please also make sure you're following us on YouTube. But yeah, you can follow, you could subscribe, uh, you can fo- you know leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find original content at familiaffb.com. Hector, where are they finding you on Twitter? 
Was it right here? What the heck? At what the heck? Two T's. Muy bien. And you can find me at Jorge Martin 17. Uh, I, I, I'll get the pointing down correctly. Yeah, I know. It's like backwards. <laughs> it's, like, it's like combing your hair in the mirror. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I know. I know. Combing my hair. Muy cierto. <laughs> Hey, remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Familia FFB, as well as our Familia FFB Facebook page. Again, uh, everybody, have a safe and wonderful 4th of July. Enjoy the fireworks. Uh, make sure to drive safe, drive home safely. Get a, get yourself. I've got a designated driver because our Solana is 17, so got to love that. So, primo, uh, salud to you. And salud remember, you. everybody, and remember, everybody, todos somos familia. Adiós, amigos. Salud.